I'm Christy Purifoy, and this is part three of the Out of the Ordinary Origin Story. (laughs) Lisa Jo Baker and I recently began our fifth year sharing this podcast with you each Wednesday, so it's the right time to take you back to our beginning, to remind you and ourselves why this podcast started and why we continue. This week is a story about strawberry jam and Wednesday night parenting. This is a story of how our podcast got its name. Buried deep in the thick of the most ordinary things we could think of was the surprising discovery that everything we valued most might be described as ordinary, if not even boring. An unexpected person pointed out the obvious name for our show, one we had totally missed, and that inspired us to start looking at the small, seemingly ordinary traditions of our family's lives. So get comfy, friends. Here we go, way back to the beginning. So Lisa Joe, you came up with a name for this podcast, didn't you? Which is surprising since I am not actually good at naming things, I feel like. And to be perfectly fair, it was my husband, Peter. It was Peter. <laughs> it was totally Peter. But this is the thing. I'm always good at talking my way around what I think something should be called. But then he was like, why don't you call it out of the ordinary then? So I do believe I was sitting talking about how you and I believe so much that the daily rhythms of our life are so significant. And I kept saying to him, you know, it's just ordinary time and ordinary moments. They're so beautiful if we could just focus in on them enough, you know, it's not just about the extraordinary. It's about what comes out of the ordinary things that become extraordinary stories. And then Pete said, why don't you just call it that out of the ordinary? (laughs) Well done, Pete. And we like it because it's this play on words because out of the ordinary seems to imply extraordinary. Uh And that is our belief that it's out of these seemingly small or mundane or boring or repetitive things that truly extraordinary stories can grow. And I think that's what sustained our friendship for all these years, because we both believe that, I mean, deeply in the rhythms of our own lives. That's true. That's true. We do. Although I have a feeling that your ordinary might be different from my ordinary. Well, I, don't, I don't have a feeling. I know. Okay. Because, <laughs> you Let's know, be honest here. <laughs> when I remember when I came and visited the farmhouse and you had row after row after row, bookshelf row after row of Martha Stewart. <laughs> magazines. And I had the previous week made fun on social media of like, who are the people who buy Martha Stewart? Why? Why would you put yourself through that torture? I have learned all kinds of great <laughs> things from Martha Stewart. Bless I was always her. like, who are the people who read this yeah. and you? Some of the most important parts of my very ordinary life. Yeah, I would say I've I've gleaned from the pages of Martha Stewart Living Magazine. Um, let me think. So Definitely the jam making every year for... Things I cannot relate to at all. You said the words jam (laughs) Jam making. making. In my world, jam is something you go to the grocery store and you pick off the shelf. Right. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So what's ordinary to you seems to me exhausting, completely insurmountable Everest to make jam from scratch. It's such a sweet part of my life is sweet, literally, (laughs) for years and years. It would have been... Goodness, my oldest is almost 15. I think she was two the first time we took her strawberry picking. So at least 13 years. You were were in Chicago. We were in Chicago. And we drove across the border up into Wisconsin to a strawberry farm, picked berries with her. I don't think I have missed a year 
since. Wow. And L- Lily is now, how old is she? So she's almost 15. 15. Yeah. So it's been quite a few years. Wow. So every year, June begins for me with finding out where I can go and pick strawberries. Only when we lived in Florida briefly, I would get them from a roadside stand because they were so available there. But yeah, picking the berries and just sitting, it just takes a day, not even a day, half a day to make that quick and if easy. If it's you or Martha, I if know, it was me, it would become a week of despair <laughs> but, and disaster. Oh, that freezer strawberry jam is so good and so easy. I even had a special, we had that little apartment in Chicago, but one year for Christmas, I think my husband gave me a little chest freezer and it tucked right into a closet in the kitchen, just barely, barely. And really it was so, I had a place for all my freezer jam. So I'll, yeah, every June pick berries, make the jam, and then we get to eat the most delicious, fresh strawberry flavor um, all year long. And so my goal every year has been in that day or that half day to make enough to keep us in jam for the year. And then if I get to pick other berries later in the summer, like, oh, the best are the black raspberries. They make the best jam. And so that I'll actually can so I can store it on the shelf and give it as Christmas gifts. So yeah, that's, I mean, did that become a rhythm then? Yeah, that your kids just expected to then? Exactly. A way of marking the start of summer, a way of enjoying summer in the winter. But actually, so this is reminding me that this summer was different. And I had a hard time with it. This summer has had more travel for me for various reasons. I don't normally travel as much in the summer. Um, mostly, well, I like staying home. I'm a homebody. But as a gardener, too, it's hard to leave your garden when it's finally <laughs> finally blooming. But this summer's had more travel, more work. And so, wait, in the past few years, the strawberries for the jam come from your own garden? Is that um, right? Or do you I still do go somewhere else? I do strawberries, but we tend to just eat those Okay. Straight up. Yeah. So <laughs> around here, I have found this great pick your own farm just 20 minutes away. So yeah. Because I've often wondered who are the people who go and pick things on farms for fun? <laughs> no part of that sounds it does fun. sound like, Hot, like you're paying for the privilege work. of, yeah. <laughs> I always watch the, I obsess about the weather and I try to wait for like the coolest possible morning because <laughs> right. I, I don't like to sweat. I right. don't like to sweat. So yeah, this summer things were just busy. And as June was approaching and as we moved into June, it was a later spring and I knew the berries were ripening later, but I still, I just kept looking at my calendar and I was feeling, you're going to laugh, but I was feeling an incredible amount of stress as I was trying to figure out when am I going to go get the berries and when When am am I going to make my jam? Yeah. Yeah. I was really, I was really getting kind of stressed about it and I just couldn't make it work. And at one point I even told my son, Bo, who loves the the jam is really, Mm -hmm. it's for me, but it's also for him. He loves the strawberry jam, eats it all winter. And I, I knew <laughs> you would have strong feelings. <laughs> because this is a big thing for him. I mean, yeah. this is what we talk about. It might seem small. Yeah. It might seem ordinary. But in his life and really yeah. in the rhythms of your family, yeah. it had it become is. a touchstone. I mean, a beautiful, yeah. you're bottling your beautiful yeah. memories of summer and to eat in never, the winter. He's never known a winter where we didn't have wow. strawberry freezer jam coming out of the freezer bottle, after, you know, jar after jar. He's never, because I've been doing it since before he was born. So yeah, I even told him, Bo, I don't know, um, this is going to happen. And uh, yeah, he freaked out. He didn't like the sound of that. <laughs> well, Lisa Joe, I, I couldn't do it. I really? couldn't make it happen. I just couldn't find the time. And Did you feel um, guilty about it? So I felt all kinds of things. I really? felt, well, at first I felt all this stress trying to make it happen. And then there came this moment where I realized 
Um, it's just jam. <laughs> it's just jam. But of course, the point is, it's not. It's not I mean, that's right, the point of right. our whole idea of yeah. out of the ordinary comes yeah. extraordinary things. Isn't that interesting how you yeah. have to kind of go through the full circle? Like, it's not just jam in the beginning because right. it's meaningful. But then if that thing starts to have a hold on you beyond yes, really its which place, it had. Exactly. then it is just jam again. Exactly. It has to go back to the right space. Lisa Joe, I had to let it go. Wow. I had to just let it go and say, not only will I not pick strawberries this June, for the first time in years and years and years, I will not do that with my children. But this winter, I mean, there's no going back. I won't right, eat. It's paused. I won't that eat. Time yeah, is over. I will not eat strawberry wow. freezer jam this winter. We will eat strawberry jam from the big jar you buy at Costco. Like the rest of us. Like the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> and my son better not complain. No, no but I, yeah, I just I had mean, to let it go. You should really know. Christy, you should take some of that Costco jam and then put it into one of your strawberry freezer jam oh, jars and put Slap it in the freezer it and see, if, and he see if he notices the difference. I come on, you got to do that. If he would. I mean, I, I I'm I promise you, it does not taste the same. <laughs> but I, I would know notice. If he, I wonder. Isn't actually. that funny? Because don't you think that maybe some of it is what it represents? Yeah, like it's the magic of opening the freezer and here's my jam and it is. It's also how it tastes. But no, you're right. You're right. It yeah. would be interesting to see like how much meaning and joy he could still get out of but it. But you had to that let way. that go. I mean, this small thing, this ordinary thing that that wasn't, yeah. that's big. How long do you feel it, like it took you? Did you kind of first think? Over weeks. It was weeks. It was weeks. <laughs> it was weeks yeah. of it coming back and me thinking it through again. So the funny thing is once I finally admitted, okay, I'm leaving town a few days. This is not going to happen. You would be a fool to try to go pick strawberries, you know, the day before packing and all of that. So when I when I said, okay, this is not happening, then it was like all kinds of possibilities opened. Hmm. And I thought, not, well, of course I'll make jam next year, but I thought maybe, maybe something has ended. Hmm. And I, and I, I wasn't, I just thought, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I won't make jam next year either. Hmm. Now, I don't know. I have, I'm not making those kind of decisions at this point. Again, it's just jam. But it was funny how just letting it go that one time made me realize maybe some ordinary things don't last forever. Hmm. Maybe, Maybe not the, supposed to. Yeah. 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 And they occupy that incredibly special place in the cycles of a family's traditions. Right. But as our kids' lives change and then as our lives change mm-hmm. and we enter into new seasons and rhythms, we get to a point where maybe you do, you you kind of you move out, you outgrow, you outgrow certain traditions right. that are deeply meaningful because you need to make room for other ones, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I won't make strawberry freezer jam again until I'm I make sad, it with my grandkids. Now I want some. <laughs> <laughs> okay, twist my arm. <laughs> that's such an interesting thought about a family, you know, because that's part of what you and I talk about a lot. Even though our, the things we consider ordinary yet meaningful are different for one another. Yours is jam. Mine is definitely not. And as you and I have been thinking about this conversation, one of the things that has struck me is there are going to be those ordinary things in our lives that sometimes we need to let go because it's holding too big of a hold over us or we just don't have the time. It's moved on. And it's not as big or meaningful as we thought it was for many years. It's changed. Hmm. But then I think on the flip side is that there are going to be others that we feel we might be tired of or that are a drag, uh-huh. but because they've become so significant and our our kids aren't ready to let go of them and we aren't ready, we hold on to them. I mean, so where, where am I going with this? Get practical, Lisa Joe. So at our house, we do this thing called Wednesday night parenting. You've heard me talk about this for a yeah. long time. I wish this thing would die, okay? <laughs> 
I cannot. You want to let get it rid go. of it. <laughs> it is so ordinary. There is nothing like you know. If you were telling another parent, I do this. There's just nothing that's like, oh wow, that's genius parenting at all about it. It started when our kids were really little, but they were big enough to start sleeping in their own beds. Uh-huh. But they were still small enough that they liked to be in our bed, and so they would inevitably by morning, all three of them would end up back there. And Pete and I got to a point where we just put our foot down and said, this is ridiculous. You are not sleeping with us all the time anymore. But of course, that's a very hard negotiation to have with tiny terrorists because that's <laughs> right. how toddlers feel like. And so we made a compromise and we told them, and I'm trying to think how old they were at the time. They must have been, I don't know, around six and four and younger. We said, Wednesday nights, you can still sleep in our bed. We gave them Wednesday nights. That's why it's called Wednesday nights. It's this big fancy title. Not. So on Wednesday nights, they were allowed to come into bed with us. And really, it was the boys at first because mm-hmm. Zoe was still a baby. I was so, going to ask, all of them together yeah. or just Zoe one? was too little. So she was still in her crib, but mm-hmm. it was the two boys. And they became this huge thing. They would anticipate it all week. They would then tell us early in the morning, it's Wednesday today. I mean, they'd start on Tuesday night and t- start telling us tomorrow's Wednesday. It's Wednesday night. And for years, the two of them would sleep in our bed with us on Wednesday nights. But really, what it's turned into is an opportunity opportunity where they crawl into bed and then start telling us their secrets from the day and their fears and what happened at school and asking all their big questions about faith or doubt or cute girls or how did you meet mom as they've gotten older. And now my children are 13, 10, (laughs) and 7. And we still do Wednesday nights. It's ridiculous. So no, so it's had to change. Okay. So what we do now is that one of them sleeps with me mm-hmm. in the big bed. Mm-hmm. And then Peter, because he is a saint, goes and sleeps in one of the twin beds in the boys' Aww. room so he can be with the other boy. He's a saint. Right. And then Zoe, she will come and sleep. She likes to make herself a bed on the floor in my bedroom. Oh, how perfect. So she'll sleep there. Or sometimes she'll say she's coming in on Tuesday because there's not room on Wednesday. <laughs> it's like a negotiation. But it has become for our children a mile marker of intimacy with us that we realize as parents is more important the older they get, especially with boys. I I feel like my daughter would just give me a play-by-play of every second of her day, whether I want to hear it or not. But with boys, it's sometimes difficult to get them to go to that next level, especially as they're getting older. Yeah, that's true. But my 13-year-old I can go a whole day where he's totally into sports and into his homework and I'll ask him things. How did your day go? Or how was practice? Or, you know, you get pretty basic one word or one sentence answers, but he will tell me it's Wednesday night, mom, and get into that bed. And suddenly I cannot shut that kid up. I mean, he will talk and talk and talk. And we always go to bed way too late on Wednesday nights, but it's an investment in this relationship we have with them. And I, So here's the part about it being a habit that's hard, an ordinary gift that I have to work to receive. Because every night by 9, and especially as they get older, by 9.30 or 10, you want to be done. The mom shop needs to close at some point. And what's hard about Wednesdays is it doesn't because there he is in bed (laughs) waiting for me. Yeah. And the introvert in me just wants to retreat into a Netflix show and not have to talk about deep or meaningful things mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. at that time of night. But um, I fight it. I mean, I resisted. I tell him, really, it's not really Wednesday. Or let's skip Wednesday and do Thursday this week. And they are relentless. But when I show up in that bed, 
every single Wednesday night, I'm amazed by what I learn, what I'm able to share with him, what he shares with me. It's, I mean, it's a completely ordinary, almost boring thing that we do that is probably one of the most significant pieces of our parenting. It's so crazy. And I said to Peter one night when I was really bitter about it, how long is this going to continue? I mean, this is insane. <laughs> Are our children going to come home from college and tell us it's Wednesday night, mom, I'm getting in bed with you. I said to Jackson, are you going to be married one day and come home with your you know, wife and say, I got to go sleep with mom. It's Wednesday night. I'll be in her bed. And he laughed and he said, maybe, maybe I will. <laughs> But my husband said to me, as long as our children want to climb into bed and tell us their stories and share their lives with us, I will never turn them away. So wow, good for him. we're in it for the long haul, man. Wednesday nights. That's, that's ours. It could not be more ordinary. I was and about yet, to say, and it's even Wednesday night, like the most ordinary The most night. ordinary, boring week day. Right. Yes. It's just hump day and all the hump rest. day, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's it. So there's no getting out of that one. It's not, mm-hmm. and it's not like with your jam where you have all the work, right? You, mm-hmm. really, you really couldn't do it. Right. I mean, Wednesday, I, if I'm there right. and I'm sleeping, there's, there's no excuse. And I know because I have tried them all with my children and there is no excuse. They will show up for Wednesday nights. So is that what's happening tonight? It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Yes, you know that it is. My son told me before I came up to Maplehurst, when I left on Tuesday, he told me, tomorrow's Wednesday. Oh, how <laughs> funny. So they really anticipate. Oh, yeah. Even when we travel, if we're on vacation. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. They will come into our room and say, it's Wednesday night. Mm. I'm like, but we're on vacation. It doesn't mm. count. <laughs> but it has become one of those reminders about how There really is no such thing as ordinary Mm -hmm. and that ordinary, I love that the, that ordinary is right there embedded in the word extraordinary, extraordinary. Yeah. As we actually say in South Africa, we don't say extraordinary. We say extraordinary. Oh, I didn't know that. And so when I think about this podcast, I love that we get to talk about things like jam and Wednesday night parenting because those are the rhythms that define our lives. And I often think The stories that we live that feel like Groundhog Day for us, Mm -hmm. we are living what is going to be like our children's memories. These are going to be the stories they tell about their own childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, Bo will talk about jam and my kids will talk about Wednesday nights. And these will be defining parts of how they understood themselves in our families. That's just not an ordinary thing. That's not. That's incredible. That's totally worth it. I know. Yeah. It's good you're telling me I need that reminder today. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it makes me think of our listeners because it is an interesting exercise to look around at your life and think, what is it that we do in our family that from the outside or even from the inside seems pretty ordinary just in and of itself? And yet there's some, it's taken on some role in our family that has elevated it in a way you never would have expected so that so that it's actually an extraordinary part of your family story right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something people can think about, even if they don't have kids living at home with them right now, maybe cast their minds back to their childhoods. I'm already thinking like, oh, I know there were some things for, for me like that growing mm-hmm. up, things that were just absolutely ordinary that maybe my parents didn't even give any thought to. But it's like a touchstone for me. Right. Because I think we live in a culture now that seems to tell us everything has to be bigger and better and shinier and fancier and pricier mm-hmm. for our children. That's very true. That's a lot of pressure. And it just 
doesn't. Yeah. I just don't think that it has to. And I think whether you have children or not, our lives are made up of these rhythms. Mm-hmm. So with our spouse or a significant other, or if you're unmarried, but in your own family still, if you're in college, when you go home, think about what's that like when mm-hmm. you go back to your family? What is that like? And I actually have a dear friend, um, you know her too, Hillary Yancey. Mm-hmm. And she, I remember telling her about Wednesday night parenting. And she said, oh, I love that so much because in our house, we always used to jump in the bed too. A lot of the time, ours was always in the mornings. We would crawl into bed and everyone would kind of wake up together and share Mm -hmm. their stories. And she said, when we come home from college, all four of us will come into our parents' bed in the mornings and just hang out and catch up and talk. And it gave me such a renewed sense of the wonder of this completely ordinary and, Mm. to be honest, often frustrating Mm -hmm. thing that we do with our own kids. Because to hear it from somebody who's now an adult Mm -hmm. who lived through something similar and how much it's defined, how she sees her family and her closeness within her family was really special for me. It's interesting. I guess we're saying these ordinary things matter more than we realize. Hold on to them. Persist. Until. And at the same time, okay, sometimes no, sometimes let go. And I guess it's just a matter of discernment and and maybe just circumstance. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's decided for you. Yeah, but how beautiful that we all do have things. I mean, you held on to strawberry jam for Mm -hmm. 12 years. Mm -hmm. That's that's amazing. That's a lifetime of something ordinary that had become something significant. Yeah, And really 12 years, that's longer than I've done Wednesday night parenting now. Mm. It's kind of amazing. I would love to hear from our listeners, like what some of their ordinary things yeah, are. Yeah, that'd be great. They're yeah. ordinary, extraordinary things. Exactly. Yeah, please do that, you guys. As usual, on Instagram, we would love to connect with you there. That's the best place for us. We know that there are a lot of other platforms, but but at the end of the day, we are tired and old and have a lot of children. And we just have to pick the one that's the most one. convenient yeah. for us. <laughs> it's Instagram. <laughs> so if you're listening today, this is a great opportunity. Yes, I'm going to plug it. Go ahead and take a picture and share on Instagram that you're listening to the Out of the Ordinary podcast and then share a picture of what your Out of the Ordinary moment is today in your family or in your routine. And Christy, you can't share a picture of jam since you don't have any right now. Mm, maybe I will. <laughs> get, I your Costco, get your maybe Costco, get your big old Costco jam jar. Maybe I will take a picture of my jam. Costco jam. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I will decant it into a little crystal ah, yes. bowl and go. make my Costco jam special. <laughs> make it special. Yes, I think that it really is just about the story that we bring to those ordinary things. Ah. Because in the beginning, it was just jam for you, right? Ooh, I like that. But there's a story attached to it yeah. now that your kids tell and there's a narrative because you've lived it over and over again mm. and then becomes part of your DNA in the same way that Wednesday nights do for us. So extraordinary things are just ordinary things with stories. <gasps> Ooh, write that down. I love that. Yes. So if you're listening in today, we would love to get a peek into what your ordinary, extraordinary things are. Your ordinary, extraordinary things, as we would say in South Africa. Please go ahead and tag me, Lisa Jo Baker. And And Christy Purifoy. And go ahead and add our hashtag out of the ordinary podcast. Let people know which episode you're listening to because, man, it'd be really fun to get a sneak peek into other people's lives what their ordinary extraordinary looks like great we will connect with you on instagram looking forward to seeing your pictures 